0: free videos. I update them every week and they'll appear differently depending on whether you're on an old school computer or on a mobile device. Either way, you'll get free videos. Just click on the blue charms and say mobile movies and the movies will start up for you like that. Um, If you're on an old school computer, it's even better for you because you'll get even more free movies. Uh, Just enable the Adobe plugins. It's free to do that and the videos will automatically start playing for you as you go from page to page. Uh, You can check out me and my friends, get a subscription, make a donation, or just check out the free stuff. All of the above are very much appreciated. Thank you. You can also check out the Naked Truth pages and the Living Water Chapel pages and get an idea of what it is we do here. And that is focus on the other side of me, uh, the spiritual side that I believe exists in all of us. I self-identify as a Christian, so I believe that if you're going to call yourself a Christian, Jesus get the last word on any given topic, topic, especially if he took the time and energy and shed his blood to bring us the message to himself. Uh and it's named for him, it's called Christianity for a reason, it's because it's from Jesus, um, but only six books in the Bible have his words in them, so that's what we focus on, um, we're going to go where we left off in the book of Mark, chapter 15, as you can see here in this chapter, and we're almost to the end of Mark. You can see here Jesus only made two statements. One uh, was when he was accused, asked him, "Is he who you, who they say is here?" You see, then Pilate asked him, "Are you the King of the Jewish people from the Jewish people?" He answered and said to them "It is as you statement Jesus said. He didn't deny. He is that he prophesied to have come through the lineage of David from the Jews, of the Christ. That's he's saying yes, he is him. The other thing, the one that stood out to me here uh, in this chapter that's um when he says and at the ninth hour this with jesus on the cross jesus cried out with a loud voice saying eloi eloi lama read the rest i wouldn't say it if i were you because you see what it translates to which is translated my god my god why and then you see there you don't i wouldn't want to call down those sort of words on myself and give god any other hour to like me um, but that's what jesus says there um but i don't think he was saying it in the sense that he feels he actually uh forsook him um, he does sometimes address God, the father, like as a different person himself at like they're one, as he's playing that behind it anyway, and dimensions and as sort of parallel existences and that sort of thing, what physicists believe. And I think that explains some of this. Um, um, but here you have it here. Um, I believe what Jesus was doing was giving them a reference, uh, Psalm 22, where, which starts out with that same quote. And I think that's what Jesus was letting them know that uh my god my god why and then you see it there jesus was saying this so that they would understand that this chapter it's what they were doing to him was the fulfillment of this prophecy from this chapter in the old testament which happened a long 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 time before jesus ever even appeared to them to try to bring them the message and it's so uh so many things that happened in this chapter are um considered to be prophecies of what was going to happen to jesus down to even them um dividing his clothes uh and them to help himself if he's who he is if he is who he is and sort of being mocked sort of uh, in psalm 22 i think that's what occurred there and that that's what that was about when he said that um in the last chapter in the last reading we're gonna pick up here now this is the last chapter in matthew uh in mark i'm sorry um, so if you want, read along with me, and here we go. Now, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought, brought Excuse me. bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they said among themselves... Who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? So you can picture this like a cave. that, Because it's been dug out. Jesus has been put in there. Uh, his body uh, buried there. And a stone put in front of it. Or um, rolled in front of it. Boulder perhaps. Something. Some sort of way blocking the door to the tomb. Uh, but when they looked up. They saw that the stone had been rolled away. For it was very large. And entering the tomb. They saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed so they didn't say this was an angel says this was a young man in a long white robe it's probably an angel because who else will be sitting in a tomb where someone had been um, who had just been murdered because that's what the death penalty is well, you can call it what you want but it's murder it's taking someone's life deliberately um that's what it is so that's what um so it's probably an angel and I think in one of the other i suppose at least one of the others it's they described as an angel either way it's not in red letters so it's not jesus saying it's angels but either way there's a vision something's happened there the body is gone and someone is inside in a long robe. but he said to them oops sorry but he said to them do not be alarmed. You see Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him. So, uh, But go and tell his disciples and Peter. And he says that, I think, because Peter did say, no, I don't know him, three different times. So he sort of said it himself that he's not one of his disciples and denied him three times. So now the angel is saying, well, go tell his disciples, the ones that are, and Peter. one who denied it that he is going before you and see him as he said to you so they went out quickly and fled from the tomb for they trembled and were amazed and he said nothing to anyone for they were afraid so rather than in this account of it rather than the women leaving the grave and going and doing what the angels told them um or whoever it is that they ran into in the tomb told them they instead went out of fear went back where they came from and didn't tell anyone anything it's believed that um this is where uh, the book of Mark originally ended. And at this, these other parts are added on later, uh, sort of like, um, and you can kind of tell it from the way it's written, that it's not contemporary, that it's not written as it happened, but written um, by someone reflecting back and remembering it. At least it's the it's the way the writing comes off, to me anyway. Um, it makes sense when people say that this was added later. Um, now, when he arose early on the first day of the week, he appeared. Mary Magdalene out of whom he had cast seven demons she went and told these um, as they mourned and wept and when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her they did not believe so Mary went back and told the disciples and she'd seen him and this is accounted in I think John this happens they didn't believe her and he said, the ones who walked with him and saw him raise other people from it. But I guess it'd be understandable when you see someone murdered around again. So it's understandable that they doubt it. After that, he appeared in another form to, the, to two of them as they walked. They went into the country and they went and told the rest, but they did not believe them either. So um, they, um, this is... I'll also mentioned in another gospel, where um, Jesus is walking with them, telling, asking them about the whole situation and everything that's happening with the crucifixion, as they're on the road. And even then, it was until they broke bread and he prayed and blessed it. And at that moment, they realized. And at that moment, according to the gospel, he vanished out of their sight. And they went back to the other disciples and shared what has happened with uh, to them with them um later here period to the eleven and this sort of lets you know this didn't happen all this isn't the way it's jumping now to later it's okay that happened and then later on that happened and it doesn't make it mean it's not no that that's why you can find discrepancies. Not contradiction that contradiction necessary but discrepancies and how the gospels are written. Um hardness of heart because they had seen him after he had risen so jesus appeared to them again and he rebukes them in other words he sort of um, admonishes them he goes off on them for still having doubts after everything they'd seen. And he even told them that they'd betray him, for one. And they did. He told them he'd be arrested and um, taken in custody and crucified. And it did. And he told them he'd come again. And he has. And time and time again, step by step, all they did was doubt. So you could it, it's understandable why that would be incredibly frustrating for you to come and do all this for them. And then they still just doubt you the whole way. I've had relationships like that before where you do the situation with an open heart and a loving approach to it. Think, "Okay, I feel like this. I'm going to give 100 percent. And then the person doesn't give 100 percent happens many, many times. It gets to the point where you don't even try that. And you say, I'll just have 25 percent here, 50 percent there, 70 percent there. And whatever it is, you feel together with your relationship at this point and then not even believing the other people who have walked with them when they came and told them that they witnessed it and it sort of makes it even more comfort for us nowadays to understand to be comforted when people think we're crazy for still having faith or being believers because even there even with the disciples and walk with them they still have doubts even though they're witnessing it and he said to them go into all the world and the gospel to every creature that's why this is the great commission that's what we as christians are commissioned to do that's what we're told to do that's the commandment to go and preach the gospel to all the world so that means don't sit on it don't hide share it and he said notice it says to every creature so that means your pets or that means other life forms it remains to be seen and i'll go into more of that once we finish this off in the last meeting when we're doing matthew chapter 16 in case that one with me uh you'll see it's cut off and the addendum to it has suddenly been i'll try and go over it again since it's lost and i can't imagine why anybody try and blog it but whatever so this is where we're at jesus says uh jesus tells them to spread the word he who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned so jesus says to be saved Believe and be baptized according to this account. And again, like I said, this is believed to be added later, not necessarily the original witness statement. So think of it that way, if you want to think of it that way. But at any rate, they're saying this is what Jesus told them. And he's telling them to believe and be baptized. But when it comes to being condemned, the baptism doesn't play into it. That lets us affirm sort of what happens in Matthew uh, 28 with the um, the a person who was also crucified with Jesus who had a change of heart then, and then believed, and Jesus told him, "Today you'll be with me in paradise," um, because he yeah, had that change of heart right then on the cross and wasn't baptized. So this sort of affirms that here that yes, the perfect example would be to believe and be baptized. But when it comes to being condemned, it's not believing that will do it. Nothing to do with the baptism. Um, okay, let's see. And these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. So Jesus is saying here that uh, signs of your faithfulness and uh, products of that faith will be being able to exercise demons. Which, uh, if you read on Beyond the Acts, that's some of the things that some of the apostles were doing early on. And then, you know, there are some religions that um, say and Um, that are able to deal with demonics, casting them out, or even casting them out, or even ordering them and using them, sort of like voodoo. That sort of religion, even. It's a religion, whether you believe it or not. Excuse me. Um, So he's saying you'll be able to do those things. They'll speak with new tongues, some preachers will try to say this just means you'll speak other language or learn other languages what would that have anything to do with spreading the word other than you'll learn another language and spread your belief and faith in that one too that wouldn't need any divine um, intervention to do that you can learn another language without having any faith in god at all so i don't think that's what he's pointing to i think what he's saying here is they'll speak with new tongues in the sense of new revelations will come um through the things they say and that it won't be just like how when we were reading in matthew just now um god revealed something to peter that jesus was actually christ not one of the old testament prophets not john the baptist but actually christ and then a short time later satan also spoke through peter and had him rebuke jesus for something he said and then jesus rebuked him um, so I think that's what he's saying as far as the demonics and um, casting them out and that sort of thing um, and even this next part about serpents and um, things let's see but um, any signs will follow we believe um, um, they will take up serpents and they will drink any and if they drink anything deadly will by no means hurt them excuse me Uh, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So, there are churches, religions that believe that this means you should actually literally pick up snakes and play with them. Maybe not play with them, have your worship ceremony with live snakes and taking them up. They think that this is the interpretation of what Jesus is saying to do. Others will tell you that he's talking spiritually, that he's talking about uh, Satan in the sense of snakes and serpents in that sense, which is possible. The word serpent itself. Um, a translation of it is seraphim or it's a trans, uh, it's derivative of the word ser- the, the word seraphim and the word serpent are the same um, in another language. so um, and, and people believe seraphim to be like cherubs, angels and that sort of thing and that that's how uh, Satan the serpent it, the seraphim it, is an angel and that, that's how that whole string of thought goes. But I think what he and so the, they're saying here that you'll be able to take up snakes. Or, um, and if, and it won't hurt you, and there are, like I said, there are churches that do that. I don't think Jesus would tell you to do that. Um, I don't think that that's what he's pointing to. I think, um, he's speaking in a, in a sense of, he could be saying in a spiritual sense, but I think he's also saying in a sense of accidents and, um, um, sudden dangers that come along that God will watch, walk with you through those and help you through them. If you're not doing them foolishly, you know, like doing things by accident and sort of things, those sort of things happening, like you happen to step on a snake or something like that, not actually going to go pick one up and look at it, it may still hurt you, but maybe it won't kill you, or maybe it won't, that sort of thing. Maybe that's what Jesus is pointing to—that we'll have that sort of grace um, um, when it comes to those dangers. Um, they lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So laying hands on laying hands on someone can be in the church sense where everybody puts hands on someone and prays but it can also be in a medical professional sense where you put your hands on someone in surgery or in anesthesia or in therapy or uh whatever the case maybe massage even you're putting your hands on someone or even just the touch of someone who goes through life as an incel and doesn't get it. Any sort of touch. And just need that. Whatever the case may be. He's saying that that laying on hand of hands. Will be uh, moving. Will have effect. Um, and they will recover. So you'll be able to do things. And people can get better. If you put your hand to it. If you put your effort to it. So then after the Lord has spoken to them. He was received up in heaven. And sat out. At the right hand of god and they went out and preached everywhere the lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs amen so this is the ending and it's sort of wrapping it all up and that sort of all again sounds like uh, happily ever after not that everything ended ever happily but that meant. and sort of added it sounds the way the way it's written but also Notice that at this point is when to the right hand of God. There are preachers who will tell you all day long, and even they'll point out verses in the Bible where to be absent from the flesh is to be present with the Lord. Jesus never said that. In fact, in Luke chapter 16 gives us an example of two people dying, one going to hell and one going to somewhere else, more pleasant. He doesn't call it heaven. He doesn't call it paradise. But going to somewhere else where other people are who are at rest and... And the people in hell, person in hell who's able to see at ease in heaven, ones who are at ease um, in the place where Jesus says he made it after he was judged righteous, he um, doesn't necessarily, isn't even necessarily aware of what's going on with the rich man who ended up in hell in Luke 16 if you want to read about that. Although some preachers will tell you that, but this right here tells you there that it wasn't until then that Jesus ascended and sat down at the right hand of God. So that all this stuff about, um, to be absent from the flesh is to be present with the Lord is clearly not true. Jesus said in Luke 16, there's no mention of God, the father being there at all. And there's no mention here. I mean, the mentioning here of Jesus getting to God is after the crucifixion and way after he's appeared to the disciples. Only then did he, uh, go into God's presence. So people can tell you anything. You can believe whatever you want to, but it's you have to look at what's said if you're going to be a believer. And if it's said, then it's said. And if it's not, then they're making it up and lying to you. So believe what you want to believe. So that's actually the end of this chapter and book. Uh, I appreciate you checking it out. But before I end, I'm just going to add this one. I'll end this one and then I'll just add it here because I tried adding it already separately and that went wrong. It's disappeared. So i'll add it now reading along with me we got cut off in matthew 16 at this point uh we made it through the whole chapter and we got all the way down to this last passage and this is the part that i believe points to something very profound that jesus taught that is overlooked um often overread and it's unexplained i mean i can understand why it's it's, it, it's not delved into but If it turns out to be what I think it is. But anyway, here's what it said. Surely I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So Jesus says there's some people standing right there witnessing Jesus being there. And they aren't going to taste death until they see Jesus come in his kingdom. The Son of Man, that's Jesus. Um, But at the second coming is what he's saying here, I believe. So this can only be true. Some people will tell you that the kingdom of God—that this is ex- explained by people who were there at the crucifixion—they saw the kingdom of God—and that this isn't talking about people who are alive around two thousand years later now. But that can't be the case. That can't be the explanation because you see here, just before Jesus says this part, he says about um, some. Um, Come in the glory of his father. So there'll be angels present and then he will reward each according to his works. So clearly this hasn't happened yet. The kingdom of God has not come into our realization yet because those things haven't happened. So for people to tell you that this is this was fulfilled, people who saw the crucifixion are the ones who Jesus was talking about who would live to see uh, wouldn't taste death till the kingdom of God comes. That is clearly not who he's talking to. And so I think that the only possible, a couple of the possible explanations, and I was going over this before we were abruptly cut off last time I was broadcasting. Uh, and then I'll let you go. Is, um, one of the explanations could be that Jesus was, well, the explanation I think would explain it is, like I've said before, it's time travel. I think Jesus... And I know it sounds crazy, but I think that at some point, time travel becomes possible, and I think known to us, if you're able to, if if, if this is the case, that people who traveled time uh, were there. And I say that because imaginability, and you ask everyone in the world, what time would they like to go back to? And I think that if you did that kind of survey, the top three times places would be times and spaces, space, time, however you want to look at it, in time, I think those times would be the top three would be one would be the beginning of everything when on the earth to see how it really happened. Was it Adam Eve and Eve? Was it a Big Bang? How was it all was it an ape or some family, ape family becoming human? However it happened, I think that would be the first time that people want it's one of the times people would want to travel to another time people would want to travel to would be the end. Again, or um, their own death or however the world itself ends as we know it, I think that'd be the second time people will wanna travel to and see. And I think the third time that people want to travel to and see I'm um, when they were born, maybe this is what the popular time would be. And from um, the this around them, but I think the most popular too, when went to when Jesus I to travel back to here gets it for themselves and see. Was Jesus real? Did he really perform the miracles? Was he really crucified? Did he really uh, resurrect? Did he really ascend? Is he all that we really believe and say that he is? Is he more than that? Was he not at all? Did he exist at all? I think that's what people would travel back to see and prove to themselves and know in their hearts, uh, our hearts, whether it's real or not, and settle our faith. But um, So I think that's the re- that's the explanation of what Jesus is saying here. Um, that would make it make sense that how could people be standing there at that time and not taste death till they see that uh, Jesus coming in his glory. I think time travel would have to be one of the possibilities for how that to possibly be true. Um, Besides other things like vampires and zombies or whatnot. So anyway, that ends this reading. Um, Just a thought. I appreciate you checking out with me. It's getting ready to storm outside. So um be safe wear your mask wash your hands love your neighbors and please join me again god willing we have our um john luke wednesdays where we go over those gospels we have our Matt and mark mondays where we go over these gospels and we have just after midnight sometime saturday night uh early sunday morning we're um doing our grab bag readings and right now we're going over the trial of jesus christ and the witnesses who came forward and for whatever reason it was left out of the bible But it was. But that's what we're going over on Saturday nights. And I hope you'll join me for any or all of them. In the meantime, take care. Thanks again. God bless you. And peace.